this is Pentecost Sunday. This is a Pentecostal church, and we want God to have his way in our uh, uh, services, in our lives. We want him to give us all that he's got. Amen? Uh, I, I want to sign up and say, God, I, I take the, I'll take the deluxe package. I want everything you got for me. And uh, that's what I want in, in, in my life, and, and we all should desire to have everything he has for us. I, I don't want to just say I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm never going to be satisfied until we get to see him face to face. Amen? Well, let's turn over to John chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 37 through 39, and we're going to look at this title this morning, The Necessity. Of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, the necessity of the Holy Ghost this morning. John chapter 7. If you've got that this morning, stand for the reading of the Word. We're going to look at these three verses and launch from there. It says in verse 37 In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then it gives us this comment, but this he spake, of the, he spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The necessity of the Holy Ghost this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, God, you've made available to us this morning. God, Lord, an indwelling and overflowing, God, of your Holy Spirit within our lives, not just to cleanse us, but, God, to be able to work and, Lord, do a mighty work in our lives and through our lives. God, I pray that, God, you would open our eyes and our hearts this morning, that we would see and hear what you have to say, that, God, we would desire all that you have for us, God. Do it, Lord. Pour out your spirit in this place this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The necessity of the Holy Ghost this morning. When Jesus quotes this, there's, it's, his timing, of, as, as God is, is impeccable. It's perfect. If you read this, when Jesus is the one that quoted these verses... He said it in the temple, but the timing of when he said it was just perfect. You see, they were in this one of these three celebrations and feasts that they celebrate each year. And this was in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was one of the most joyous feasts that they had. It's seven days long. The first seven or six days of the seven days, there was a ritual that they did. They, were, they would stand in the courtyard of the temple and they would take some of the priests would take pictures and they would lead a procession from the temple to the Gihon Springs or the Gihon Springs and they would go and they would fill up the pitchers with water and then they would come back to the courtyard of the temple and they would pour them out. Now this was symbolic of what Jesus or what God did in the wilderness when they were going through the desert and they were thirsty and they were dying of thirst and God supplied the whole time they went through that desert wherever they was he kept supplying them water and that's the way they had to live and so they depended upon that outpouring of the water on a daily basis sometimes through a rock 
Sometimes that it came out of the ground on its own, but after just with a command. But God always supplied that water, and so they realized their need. So these first six days, they would come and pour out, and then they, as the as they would read. Uh, and the choir sang Isaiah 12, verse 3, and they were talking about what God did for them in the past. But there was something special. The last day, that seventh day, was the greatest day of this feast, and this time it was a little different. They did the same procession, and they went to the spring, but they didn't put water in it. They came back empty-handed, and they tried to pour it out, and they poured out with nothing in the picture. And this was symbolic of the coming Messiah and the Spirit of God. They were saying, God, unless you feel this, we have nothing. We are dependent upon you. And that was the very moment as they got on this seventh day. As we read in that first verse, it's talking about the great day of the feast. It's talking about the seventh. These priests have made their way. For six days they've been pouring out, but this time they come back empty-handed. And they're symbolizing, God, we need you to fill us with your presence. We need your spirit, your Messiah to come down and to rescue us. And Jesus stood up at the very moment that they're pouring out, saying, God, we need you. And that's the moment that he cries out and says, Come to me, ye who thirst. I'm what you've been looking for. And that's what he, even so we see that he showed them that he was what they were looking for. And he had something to fill them full and overflowing. Today we've got the same opportunity. Today his spirit, when he came from the very beginning of Jesus' birth, even the announcement of his birth, even the conception of his birth, even the forerunner of his birth, every one of those was the spirit of God moved over Mary and she conceived. The spirit of God moved in Zacharias and he named his son John. The spirit of God moved inside Elizabeth, his mother, when Mary, who was expecting Jesus, came to her cousin's house and she came into her presence and when, when uh, Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary it says that the babe within her leaped within her and it says this and the spirit filled her at that moment we see in another verse that it says and John being filled with the spirit from his mother's womb my goodness the spirit's active the spirit's moving why? because the promise that God has given is now here and so we see that it didn't just end with Jesus' birth. We see that Jesus was in the beginning of his ministry. One of the first things that happens, he goes down to where John was and he has him baptize him. John didn't feel worthy like none of us would to baptize the Lord himself. He was his cousin, but he knew this was the Son of God. And he was like, Lord, I have need that you baptize me. What do you mean baptize you? And he says, just do so we fulfill the word of God. And so John baptized Jesus and he brought him up out of the water. And scripture says that the heavens opened and that the spirit came descending upon Jesus uh, in the form of a dove. He set the example. The spirit of God came, came down and rested upon his son. And we then see that from that moment on, Jesus' ministry took off. He goes out into the wilderness and he faces the enemy just like you and I. But when Jesus' ministry was complete, we see that he made it a priority in the life of these disciples that says you've got to have this experience. You've got to have it. You're not going to be able to accomplish what I want you to do. We need to realize today that the Lord wants us to be filled. Not just have a feeling in the past. Not to have a, a, a something that we've, God, you've touched me, you've cleansed me, you've washed me. We're going to see that there's two distinct uh, uh, distinct roles. There's many. But there's two distinct roles that the Holy Spirit has in your life. 
There's two distinct, and we're going to see the differences today. We're going to see five things that the Holy Spirit, and why it's such a necessity. Number one, the Holy Spirit, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit will convince you. That word is where we get our word, convict you. John chapter 16, 7 and 8 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I, Jesus, talking about Jesus, if I go not away, the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, what will he do? He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That word reprove means convince. It's the word we get the word convict. How many in your life can go back to when you got saved and you know that the Holy Spirit convinced you you needed God? You remember that moment when all of a sudden you could not take another step. You were miserable in who you were. It wasn't something that you just your mind ascended to. You finally just understood. No, it's usually a fear. It's usually this conviction that causes us to be fearful to even think about God and what's going to happen in our life because we realize because He shined a light within our heart, we realize that we need to be saved. He brings conviction to an unbeliever's life shines a light into the heart to where they clearly see, I need God. If you were like me, you got to the place where you was miserable. You got to the place where you couldn't go another step. I remember I'd been running for God for quite a bit of time, and I thought I was having a good time, but it seemed like every single night I was getting more miserable and miserable when everybody was gone, when everybody else, when even when I was married, my wife went to sleep, and I was sitting there by myself. My mind kept going back to that youth of when I got saved and the experiences I had as a youth. Let me tell you, one of the things that I honestly attribute is this Holy Spirit forgetting me. I was 12 years of age when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got saved when I, I got originally, uh, the first time I asked the Lord, because I was, I was a heathen, I kind of uh, had to have the Lord help me a couple of times. But when I was seven years old, it was the first time I felt God tug on my heart and I gave my heart to the Lord. And then I remember at age 12, I went to a camp and I had no intention of giving my uh, surrendering or, or getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I had uh, just running around having a big time with my friends on my mind. But, buddy, I got serious during that during those altar services at that camp after the first night when I realized that uh, 300 other kids was getting in the altars and I was one of the few that got up first. And I thought, well, wait a minute. There might be something more that I'm missing out on here. And so by night number two, I started praying just like they were. And by the night four... I finally got filled with the Holy Ghost as a child at age 12. And I'm so thankful I did. I'm so thankful. Because later in life, when my heart started getting a little cool and different and everything, and people and, and the enemy was drawing me away, the thing that I couldn't get away from is I knew God was real. Why? I'd experienced Him in such a way as a young person. I'd experienced Him through the power of that Holy Spirit to where He changed me and He gave me a new heart and a new life and, a, and He started doing things through me and to where I knew that that Holy Spirit in God was real. So today we're going to look at the first thing that the Holy Spirit wants to do. His first role is He wants to work in you. He wants to convict you of sin. He wants to convict you of the things that's causing you to be separated from God. John 6 verse 44 says to us that no man can come unto me except the Father which has sent him draw him and I will raise him up at that last day. How does the Father draw that person? Through 
the Holy Spirit. So each and every one of you have given your heart and life to God. You've experienced the move of the Holy Spirit and that He drawed you to God. He drawed you and He shined a light within your heart and life so that you could be saved. A little 12-year-old boy was, had gotten saved on a Sunday morning and his friends kind of sit back in, in, in kind of amazement that one of their friends had run up there and got saved. And they had all kinds of questions after the service. And, and they said, Johnny, what happened? Did, did, what did, did you hear God speak to you? No, I didn't hear God speak to me. Uh, did, did, you, did, you, did, you, did you see something? Did you, what was it? What happened in your life that caused you to get saved? He says, it's just like when we go fishing. He said, when you're fishing, you don't see the fish. You don't hear the fish. You feel something tugging at your line. He said, that's how I knew that I was needed to get saved. I felt God tugging on my line, and he saved me. And that's what he wants to do. I know in my own life, I tried to do it my way, and it only made me more miserable. And so thank God that the Holy Spirit never gave up. The Lord kept reaching down in my life through the Holy Spirit to deal with me. And to convict me. And that's what we're praying for. And these people that we're praying for. That God would save them. Is that God would start convicting them. God starts making them so miserable. They can't hardly sleep. They wake up in the middle of the night. Contemplating that where am I going to go. If God comes back. They, that they see the, the, the uh, events that's going on around them. It doesn't take very much. If you've had any exposure to the things of God at all, you can look at the current calendar and the news headlines and see we're moving like a jet rocket toward eternity. We're there. And so I pray that through the Holy Spirit that He would deal with hearts and lives because without Him, without this work of the Holy Spirit, the number one thing that He does, we can't even be saved. We need Him today. Number two, what else? why else is there a necessity of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will satisfy you. We see here in this verse 37, it says, In the last day, this day that the Lord stood up and scared them to death probably. They're watching this procession. No one was supposed to speak. And in the middle of it, what happens? That great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried. It's a loud voice. He screamed out and said, If any man thirst... Let him come unto me and drink. Jesus was saying, I am what you're looking for to satisfy the longing of your heart. Jesus was quoting from the prophecy in Isaiah 44 verse 3. It says, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. God is saying here, I am what you're looking for to satisfy the longing of your heart. You know, we get saved and it's such a wondrous transformation in our life. I'm telling you, the difference between my life before and now, you may say, boy, you've got a long way to go. But let me tell you something, you have no idea where I started from. It was a long distance away. It was a di- I tell many, most people, that man's dead because I'm so different than I used to be. And I'm telling you what, it is a miraculous thing that he does in our life. But he's not done in just washing us. Jesus came and died on that cross so that God's Spirit could come down. And when we give our heart and life to Him, when He reaches out and draws us to Him, can wash us clean. But He's not done there. You see, it already, it already these disciples had trusted and put their confidence in Him. But He let them know, it's not, you're not done yet. There's more that I want you to do. There's more I want to do through you. 
And first, I want to satisfy you. In your spiritual walk, you may say, I know there's something more. You may say today, I've been saved, but inside of me there is this longing. I know there's something more that God wants to do. Here it is. He wants to fill us overflowing with this Holy Spirit. That's the longing that we feel within our heart. He wants to satisfy the longing of your soul. But you have to do your part. What does he say to do? He says you must come, first of all, and you must drink. He's saying that you got your part. You feel the longing, so you must come to the source. You must ask for his spirit, and then you must partake of it. You must receive what he wants to do in your life. There was, I read a story of a young man that was talking to one of his friends. And he's taught, he had been filled with the Holy Spirit. But he was sitting there and he was getting a little discouraged because he, it was like he had to keep coming back to get filled up. Because he would, listen, if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's such a wondrous thing. And you, and it's just most, if you, you know, some of you may have felt that even Wednesday night. I can tell you there's times in my life when God's Spirit has been so wondrous that you just get in that presence and you're like, I don't want to move. I don't want to leave. I, we can just keep this going as long as we can because this is such a wondrous Thing. And this young man was having these experiences with God's overflowing his life and his presence so strong and tears flowing and God moving. And then the next day he felt like he had to go get it again. And that's a good thing, by the way. And he was telling one of his friends, he said, I, I feel like a bucket that's got holes in it. I get filled up. And then, then a few days later, I feel like I got to get filled up again. His friend thought about what he was saying. He says, well, let me tell you something. I can tell you a way that even a hole with buckets can stay full. And he thought, how in the world can a hole with buckets get stayed filled and never leak out? He said, you take that bucket and you keep it down in the river and you never pull it out and it won't leak. It just stays filled up all the time. That's the relationship and experience that God wants in our lives. He wants us every day come back to that river and say, God, overflow me fresh again. One of the statements that B.H. Clendenin made, I've, I know a bunch that he said, I really, he had really an impact on my life as a young preacher. And I remember he made this statement talking about his own life. And this was a secret that he had developed in his own life for his ministry and for his everyday relationship. And he said this, he says, every morning I will not leave my prayer room until I am overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Then I know I'm ready for the day. I do not come out of my prayer room each morning until God has refilled me with the Holy Spirit and I'm, I know that God's now flowing through me. Now I can tackle whatever I face that day. Many times we go out in the world and then we get into the messes that we're going to face and then we say, now God help me. And God said, I was there waiting on you this morning. I could have helped you averted the whole thing if we just led him this morning. And the Holy Spirit not only wants to convince you he wants to satisfy you, and He will. Don't let that longing, it's made available to you today. You don't have to keep that this morning. You can be convinced and satisfied. Number three, the Holy Spirit will overflow you. The Holy Spirit, this is, the Holy Spirit was not just, just to satisfy you. This is the second work. It's not only to do a work in you, but the Holy Spirit wants to do a work through you. He wants to impact others through your life. And that's what the, that was the whole purpose. Why did the Lord say to the disciples, don't 
do anything. You've been trained for three and a half years. You've got a desire, Peter, to go and do like you always do, kind of jump right in the middle of it and do what comes natural. But if you do, you're going to get the same results you've gotten every time. You're going to fall on your face. The only way you're going to be what I want you to be is you've got to go wait until you're filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And then you can become what I want you to be. We see that it says in, in verse 38... He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What's he talking about? The Lord wants to fill you, not just to satisfy you, not just to get you up to the level to where, you. oh, I feel pretty good now, Lord. No, he wants to overflow you. Rivers, replenished rivers of living water so that you will not only impact your own life, the Lord in your own life, but you will impact others as you overflow. That's the life of the person that you can think of, that Christian person, that they've got that spirit that when you get around them, it's just like, boy, they just impact you every time you get around. I want to talk to that person. When service is over, that's who I want to talk to. When someone needs prayer, that's who I want to pray. That's the why. Because the Lord overflows through them and it impacts you. And that's what he wants to do. That's why in Acts chapter 2 verses 4 through 6 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitudes came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. What was happening? The Lord did not only fill that 120 in the upper room, but now the Spirit is now overflowing them to where they've spilled out into the street or people are hearing them speak, or speaking in tongues through the windows and people from all over the world was there that day and they seen and were experiencing the blessing of God through the overflow of someone else. They were drawn to God through the overflow of someone else. God does not fill you so that you can just take care of my four and no more. God wants to fill you because He wants to flow through you. He wants to impact others. He wants to touch people whose lives are hurting. He wants others to see that there's a hope that they have never had before. He wants them also to be drawn to Him. There's people that just getting around you, being filled with the Spirit, will be drawn to God. Conviction will grip their heart because of what God's done in you. You can't do it in yourself. You can have all the desires in your life to do something for God. And in yourself, just like these disciples, they were not ready. They could not do what God had called them to do until they first were filled with this over this Holy Spirit so that they overflowed with His power. So God wants to overflow you. He doesn't want it to stay inside of you. He wants you to impact other people. So God wants to convince you. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to overflow you. Well, it doesn't stop there. Thank God the Holy Spirit wants to use you. He wants to use you when He overflows you. Acts chapter 1 and 8 verse 9 tells us that. It says, but ye shall... Why did He tell them to go to the upper room? But ye shall receive power. Dunamis. Where we get the word dynamite. You shall receive a transforming power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. That word witness is martyr. He's saying to them that I'm going to do something in you so powerfully that when I come upon you, 
that you all of a sudden, you who are meek and can't do anything, you that are fearful of that they're coming after you next, you that says that I can't do anything, uh, Thomas who's a doubter, Peter who is, is always sticking his foot in his own mouth, these people, these disciples who, if you look at who he had chosen, you would think, Lord, did you even know who you were picking? You picked some of the worst guys in the whole world. It seems like that they're just just, just ragtag bunch of... Well, that's what God was showing us, that he can take the worst of the worst. He can take those that have no capabilities in themselves, a bunch of rough men who were incapable of knowing how to t- uh, deal with other people. And there's a change that happened when he filled them with the Holy Spirit. He says that he overflowed them with the Holy Spirit. And he tells them that what you're going to do when I fill you is I'm going to fill you with power. I'm going to give you an ability that you don't have in your own self. Some of you may say, but I can't do anything. You just don't know my character. I can't do it. Let me tell you something. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and you will be able to do things that you never imagined or believed. You can't do it. I I was reading about uh, someone talking about the fact of the power of a glove. And and I got this out of my vehicle earlier today. And it's a glove that kind of protects our hands in in EMS. It's supposed to keep from needles and other things from sticking in your hand. And our life as a Christian is kind of like this glove. It, it, it looks good, and you can tell you can do some things with this. How many's got gloves at home? Maybe you ladies have them for your gardens. Men, you have them in your, in your tool shed, or you have them in the garage or something. And when you're getting into something that's kind of hard work, you want a pair of gloves on. You want to protect those hands, but you want to work. But let me tell you something. That glove by itself has got opportunity, but it has no power in itself. The only way that this is made effective, this, this, there's opportunity, there could be some hard work. There can be a lot accomplished with that glove. But the only way that it actually accomplishes it is when there's actually a hand that slides with inside of that glove. And now when it's filled up with something else that gives it the power to accomplish things, now it's available to do the work that it was made to do. This glove symbolizes our life, but the hand inside of it is the Holy Spirit that says, now I can use you. Now I can accomplish what I want with your life, but only if you let me fill you full. That's the only way that you're going to be able to accomplish that without it were just an opportunity that will be wasted. And I don't want to be an opportunity that's wasted. I want God to fill me overflowing. Charles Spurgeon made this statement. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind. We are as branches without sap. We are like coals without fire. We are useless. Without the Spirit of God in our life, we are empty potential. God designed you as a vessel that he is ready to use and he desires to fill you overflowing so that he can use you today. Jesus told these disciples, go to the upper room and tarry ye there until ye are filled overflowing with the Spirit of God. He didn't say in Scripture that that's just for the book of Acts. No, he gave us the example of what he wants to do today. You want to know why the church of America is anemic? You want to know why that it's stepping backwards? 
is because we learn to live and go through our experience with God and we're satisfied so many times without the indwelling, overflowing power of the Holy Spirit. The, 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 the gifts of the Holy Spirit is, is in most places is just kind of pushed back. We, we don't want to hear what God has to say. We don't want prophecy. We don't want God to speak and God to edify and God to give these gifts. But God wants to pour out His Spirit. God wants to anoint. Today, it's an experience that's available to us today. And God will use you. God will use you if you let Him fill you, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So today we see that it's so important that we be filled with the Holy Spirit because He wants to convict you or convince you. You've been convinced. He wants to satisfy you overflowing. He wants to overflow you so that you impact others. He wants to use you. He's got a call in your life. God never said, anybody, your job is to sit in a pew and just take it all in. You're, you're a spiritual sponge. No, God wants to use us. And God has people that He wants to use you for. And God wants to impact others. And He will only do that if we make ourselves available and say, Lord, I can't do it in myself. I can't do it, Lord. It's only if you help me. And that was one of the things that I said to the Lord when I felt Him put His hand on me on age 11. And God started putting His hand on me and scared me to death. And then later in my life, and when I got saved and, and got older, and I, I felt God draw on me again. I said, Lord, I won't do it unless you go with me. You, you can't leave me. Lord, I can't stand behind. I'm too scared to stand behind the pulpit. I can't do it, Lord, if you don't go with me. And when you're not with me, I ain't going. And so we, we know that we need the Lord. And He wants to use us, but He'll feel us. He won't send you unless He prepares you. He won't call you if He ain't going to send you and He ain't going to prepare you. God knows what He's doing, so you can count on Him. He wants to use you. And so how many times, how many opportunities has God wanted to move and use you? And the only way he can do that is if we allow him to overflow us. It becomes easy. It becomes a joy to do things for God when we're overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Finally, today, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit will guide you. Do you ever need the guidance of God in your life? You make decisions. And some of you, some of you, I spoke to some graduates yesterday uh, at the Christian school yesterday and as a challenge in their graduation service. And I'm telling you, I was just my mind was taken back to the, to the decisions I was making when I was 17 years of age and I graduated from high school and I was standing there behind on that same platform that I was standing at yesterday. And I remember how my knees was shaking and I was scared out of my mind. And, and I told them yesterday, I said, there was two things going through my mind. One, I was so excited I'd finished my course. I was so excited that I was done with paces and work and all these tests and all that stuff. But I was also scared out of my mind because the next thing was, what's next? <laughs> what's going to happen next? Oh, I had my plans. I knew what I thought I was going to do down the road. But the truth was, I realized, what am I going to do now? And mom and dad's not going to be there to answer all my questions. Uh, uh, my pastor's not going to always be there to answer my questions. And I sure don't want to keep letting my friends help me answer all my questions because they got me in trouble a few times. So I knew that I needed help. What was the answer? The Spirit of God is right there waiting to answer and to be that voice to help you. John chapter 16 verse 13 says, How be it when He, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all 
truth, he'll guide you. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will shew you things to come. We see that the Holy Spirit is given to us to live within us, to be indwelling within us so that he can help guide us. He can help, help you make those decisions. He can help you. Listen, let me tell you something. If you're like me and you try to make those decisions, kind of like Peter. I always felt like I was kind of like Peter in the bad ways, is that I kind of just jump out there. I just make a decision. And every time I've done that without saying, okay, God, what do you think I should do? And I do what I think that I should do, it gets me in trouble. And so we see that the Holy Spirit says he will guide you to all truth. You know, there is a lot of things that seems good, but the end thereof is destruction. The things that we think looks good, the things that we think that in our own self looks pleasing to us, they will have a bitter end. But it says he will guide you to all truth. Who is truth? Jesus Christ. You know, God has an opinion in your life. The decisions we're making, the places we're going, the things we're watching, the activities we're involved in, the plans for our life, how we love others, what we do with our lives, it's important to Him. How we raise our family, everything. God has an opinion and He wants to direct your steps so that He'll bring joy and peace and contentment and fulfillment in your life. And it only comes when we let the Holy Spirit guide us that lives within us. But most of the times, if you're like me, you sit there and you go your own way until it doesn't work and then you have to have Him come back and to help you put back the pieces together. So many scars. Has anybody else besides me got some scars in their life when we didn't listen to the direction and the guy? Oh, aren't you so glad that there's times in our life that we almost made the wrong decisions, but we felt the pulling of the Holy Spirit and saying, that's not what God wants. You know that's not what God wants. And he, he pulls us and we feel guilty and we realize that we don't need to go down that path. It may seem like it was going to be successful. It may seem like a good ideal for a moment, but God, through His Spirit, pulls us and gives us direction in our decisions. He'll give us a direction in our mind. He'll give us direction in the steps that we take. What's tomorrow going to hold? What decisions are you going to make for tomorrow? He says that He will be there and He will go with you. He will go with you. I was reading of a, I was reading of a, a great preacher many years ago. Actually, it was in England and and he was getting ready to preach, and they called him to a certain town to preach before this great assembly of people. And he asked him one request, says, before I preach, I would like to get some time alone in prayer. That's a, that's a good thing. I like to do the same thing. I don't like to just come in, just cold turkey, walk up and start preaching. I want to have prayer before we, I preach. And so he spent, in fact, he spent a little too much time uh, away. And, and so the house was filled. And the pastor of the church was getting kind of nervous because they was all waiting for the preacher to show up. And he'd slipped off maybe in another room or another building or something. And he sent word, sent a young lady, would you please go check on the preacher and see where he's at? Because he's sitting there, people's waiting to hear him, and he ain't come back yet. And she eased back trying to find where he was, and she finally heard a voice. And she heard a conversation. It seemed like a conversation. She heard his voice, and it sounded like he was talking to someone. And she listened, really. She didn't want to interrupt him. But she heard him say this comment and said he was kind of almost like arguing. And he was saying, let me tell you something. I'm not going without you. I I'm telling you, I'm not going unless you go. And she heard that, and she came back to the pastor. And she says, oh, he's coming. 
He's coming and the other's coming too. And the pastor thought, who in the world's the other? Who was he talking about? Well, after that preacher showed up, it didn't take him long to figure out who the other was. Because when he finally came in, the Holy Spirit came in with him. And when he started preaching, the power of God went forth. And the word of God and people's lives were changed. And the altar was filled. Why? Because the other come with him. He wants to direct our steps. He wants to direct our church. He wants to direct your life. He wants to direct our family. He wants to direct our nation. The question is, do we want him to? Are we satisfied? Let me tell you something. If we get to the place that we're satisfied where we are, you'll get what you already got. If this is where we end, is this what we're going to do? Is this how we're going to end it? No, I want more of God. Lord, I want you to direct me all the way. I want your spirit being poured out. I want Wednesday night to be the norm and it be where we launch forward to actually have more. I want God's spirit moving. I want to see God's spirit drawing, that people come through the door with conviction in their heart. I want to see people to say, I want overflow, God. I don't want to just go through life and having a good time. I want to go through life overflowing so that it doesn't just impact me, but God that you use me to touch those on my left and those on my right and those that I'm praying for and God I want you to do something real I don't want to go into eternity and not think that I impacted anybody's life I want you to do something through me I want to see somebody's life challenged because of what you did in me God didn't save us just for ourselves God saved us and fills us so that we can impact others He wants to do that today we can be satisfied or we can say, God, I know that this Holy Spirit is a necessity and I want you to have your way. So the Holy Spirit is so much more even than I'm going to talk about today. He wants to convince and convict us. He wants to satisfy us to where there is no more longing within our heart. He wants to overflow you so that there's not one ounce of you that's not filled with the Spirit of God so that He can use you. That's what He wants to do. And then He'll guide your steps all the way home. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't be satisfied. Don't get to the place where we're satisfied. Don't let it be the only time we think about the Holy Ghost is on Pentecost Sunday. But it let it be something that says, God, I believe in your Holy Spirit. I believe it's a separate work that you've come to give me. God, I want all you've got for me. And Lord, I want to be someone that you can use. Let me tell you something. He's made it available to you. And today the question is, will you come? Will you ask? Will you receive? That's what he wants from us this morning. If you would stand this morning, Sister Priscilla would come this morning if we bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that God, today you have overflow waiting for us. And God, you have so much more. And Lord, it's so easy that, Lord, we love and we thank you for what you did in our heart when you've saved us. God, we thank you the transformation that you made within our heart and lives when you cleansed us and washed us clean through the power of your Spirit. But God, we know that you offer us just like you gave those disciples in that church. Lord, that 120 in that upper room, you said, stay there until I give you that good gift that God has promised that I've told you about. And Lord, those that stayed there and tarried and did what you said, they came, they asked, Lord, they received. And God, when they received, you impacted the whole world within two years by that 120. Why? Because they made themselves available and you filled them with the Spirit as you did that glove. You filled them, Lord, so now you can use them.
Lord, don't let us, Lord, be satisfied where we are. Lord, even those that have been filled, God, that we desire to be rekindled and refilled every single day. God, you want to do it. And God, I pray that you do it. Pour out your spirit. God, let this be a place that you can do incredible things through because people are willing to tarry and wait in your presence and wait for you, almighty God, to move and fill. God, do a work. God, do things that, Lord, that they can't even imagine you can do. Lord, as you overflow them, that you'll be able to use them. 